podcast by Agile Coaching Roundtable ACRT. This is a conversational and interview-based podcast channel where we interview agile practitioners, trainers, and coaches that share their experience, wisdom, and insights regarding all things agile. Hi, I'm Ramya Shastri. I'm Vivek Kuntoji. We are your host for the podcast by ACRT. So let's begin. If you are listening to our podcast for the first time or have not yet subscribed to our podcast channel, hit the follow button on your podcast streaming app now and give us the rating. Also, if you wish to contribute to Agile community, share this episode with your friends and colleagues as well. A general announcement to all our listeners. If you are an aspiring Scrum Master, be it from IT or non-IT or a Scrum Master looking for practical hands-on experience, let me introduce you to Agile Coaching Roundtable ACRT's 5-week Scrum Master Cohort Training and Practicum Program which runs every month. In this training, you will get an opportunity to work on real project as Scrum Master and upon completion of training, you will receive intern badge and completion certificate and access to ACRT community on WhatsApp. If you believe in us and our work, check out the link in the description for more information. Are you a Scrum Master I want to become an Agile Coach beyond single team? Are you struggling to understand from where and how to start with it? Then you will enjoy today's episode. In today's episode, we are going to have a conversation on transitioning from Scrum Master to Agile Coach with our guest Dhawal Panchal, where he shares tricks, tips, techniques about learning and starting with Agile Coaching. Dhawal is a Certified Scrum Trainer, Certified Agile Leadership Trainer, and a founder of Evolve Agility, where he delivers world-class agile coaching and training services to transform his clients into rapid and highly efficient market leaders. He works with CTOs, Head of Software Development, Engineering, DevOps, Data, and Project Management to transform legacy waterfall approaches to efficient agile processes, scale agile efforts to full enterprise level, and adopt best practices to ensure sustainable momentum and long-term success. So without much ado, let's welcome Dhawal. Uh, good morning Dhawal. Uh, first of all, uh, welcome to uh, Agile Coaching Roundtable uh, podcast. This is a season two uh, for us and uh, really uh, great honor to have you. Uh, to share your insights uh, and we, w- we are looking forward for this uh, next uh, few minutes or few uh, of hours to have the interaction with you and uh, yes, welcome again. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, so uh, we definitely have, uh, we would like to discuss with you on one of the most important uh, topics. Uh, and it is somewhat uh, or not somewhat it is definitely aligned to coaching uh, but right. when we talk about coaching there are a lot of uh, misinterpretations there are a lot of confusions there are a lot of uh, different uh, perspectives when we talk about coaching and that is what we are trying to uh, would like to engage and interact with you on that topic uh, and to start with uh, we would like to understand from you a very basic thing uh, from you uh, is what according to you is coaching and how has your understanding of coaching evolved over 
you know, time. Right, right. Um, I'll start by saying my understanding of coaching is in the field of agile and helping other people, teams, organizations apply agile values and principles in how they approach uh, their work. So my definition of coaching is primarily going to revolve around that. I am aware of the professional coaching aspect of it, which goes beyond just workplace, but it starts to now go into life coaching and, and a lot of other things that people may be interested in. But that has never been uh, my particular interest, so I'm going to limit myself to what we mean by agile coaching. For me, agile coaching is helping people who have either develop some awareness of what Agile is, that they might have observed a few people to see how Agile works out, uh, but they are not really at a place where they can understand, frame their own problems and solve their own problems. They have the capability to solve it, but they need some guidance or help or support in going through that process of self-discovery and understanding. This is where Agile coaching will come into play and it can help at the individual level if you are engaging in a coaching relationship with the individual. It could help at a team level because oftentimes you will see that inside a team, everyone knows what is supposed to happen. They find agreement and this will show up in their definition of done. This will show up in their working agreements. But the actual actions that are being taken by the team and the results are not congruent with what we have in our definition of done or what we have in our working agreement. So coaching relationship with a team in this instance would be about understanding that dynamic around why. And this is not for the coach to understand, but for the team to understand why this is happening. Be able to articulate a gap, a, a gap that they want to overcome or a problem they want to solve and then arrive at their own approach or solution of how they're going to solve it. This is beyond uh, the initial understanding of what is definition of done, what is working agreement. This is beyond uh, knowing facilitation techniques. I would have assumed that people have already tried all of this before they look at, let's engage with the, with the person who's skilled at coaching who will help us discover our own way of framing this problem and solving it. I hope that kind of gives you a little bit of my background and 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 what what I what I feel absolutely. coaching. Is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and since we have uh, started uh, or we have uh, dived into what coaching, according to uh, your perception or your thoughts, is uh, right. if some if someone wants to transition from a scrum master to an agile coach role, uh, right. so if they want to start their coaching engagement, you know. Uh, how do you see you know, what what approach or the process of uh, inviting someone to the coaching uh, thing should be? I mean, what, what are the things that one should uh, be aware before getting started? Right. Uh, one of the first things is not to view Agile Coach as a title uh, that is uh, superior or inferior to being a Scrum Master. Uh, industry challenge that we are facing today is oftentimes people assume that if my career is or if my job currently is that of a scrum master for a team, now my natural career progression has to be an agile coach. And that is that is completely incorrect. Uh, think of it in terms of uh, the fact that the scrum master needs to have some degree of coaching skills. Now, if you choose to specialize in that field of coaching, then you might go much more deeper into it. However, what I've also found in 
my practice and in working with other competent scrum masters is they play the scrum master role, take on that accountability. Let's say they work with a team for two to three years, and now they are uh, interested in going back into architecture. They are interested in going back into product. So they may not choose to be an agile coach after that engagement. They may choose to do something else. The trap that people fall into is when they think of agile coach as a title and not as a skill. So if I view coaching as a skill, then if I'm going to engage with someone, I have to know when to apply that skill and when not to apply that skill. Starting point is to always build a relationship first. Uh, get to know the other person, understand where they are coming from, and then seek an invitation from them. Now, sometimes because you have credibility in a group, because you have credibility with that individual, they might come and say, you know, uh, you're quite 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 knowledgeable, I've seen you do things, I'd like to do it that way, can you help me? Now, that's an invitation and I would like the relationship to start with an agreement, some kind of a coaching agreement to A, inform the other individual about what coaching is and how that relationship is going to work out. Oftentimes you'll find in a coaching agreement things uh, like a, a discovery call, right? I mean, you're going to have a conversation with that individual to understand and under what situations you feel uh, you feel that you can take ownership under what conditions do you feel that you uh, learn the best for example uh, one of the relationships that I had uh, an individual said you know in my past uh, uh, people uh, when they are very uh, forceful I shut down so that's the thing that I need to be aware of if I'm engaging in a coaching conversation that being forceful or making recommendations is not something that is going to work in this particular situation. So building that relationship, taking time to find an agreement, even at a team level, like when you approach a team, approach the whole team. Sometimes I will go to a team and I'll say, okay, in your retrospective, uh, I'd like you to discuss this thing where would you as a team like to have me as a coach and what would you like me to engage with you with? What, what my engagement looks like. And I will not participate in that retrospective because it is their, their, their space. Uh, when they come back, they often come back with very interesting lists of things. Like, okay, here are five or six things we would like you to, to make sure uh, you follow when you are coaching us as a team. And this relationship with the individual as their coach and the team as a coach are two separate relationships, right? So if you are a Scrum Master, uh, first thing is practice your coaching skill. You hopefully have enough credibility with your own teammates to invite them to say, hey, uh, I think I can help you here to become a better, more cross-functional team member. Would you like to engage in a coaching relationship with me? At this point, the individual might say, I don't know what coaching is, and that's your opportunity to educate them, inform them about it. After you've informed them, you form an explicit agreement, some norms about when to coach, when not to coach. Oftentimes people don't feel comfortable if you enter into a coaching conversation in front of everybody. So you build a hand signal or some kind of a notation to say, you know, uh, here's an opportunity that I think we should have a coaching conversation on based on what I observed in this, in this event. So that gives you an entry point uh, to engage with that individual. If they say, you know, now that I know what coaching means, but that's not what I'm asking for, you need to back off because they're not ready for a coaching relationship and trying to force a coaching relationship is not going to work out. 
So first and foremost, uh, check if they are inviting you uh, into that coaching conversation. Uh, now as a Scrum Master, practice. And it's completely okay to be upfront about saying that, hey, I'm learning coaching myself, so I'm going to use this cheat sheet or something that helps <laughs> me become a better coach. And uh, as I provide the service to you, I'm going to get better at it, so I'll build my confidence, and we are both learning in this together. So if, if you are open and transparent, and in other words, a little bit vulnerable with them, they are going to open up. Now, let's just say you, you have offered some kind of coaching services to individuals in your team, or maybe individuals from another team, because our organizations are not closed containers. I mean, you have relationship with people who are not in your own team. Uh, practice that enough to then find out if this is something you want to do full-time. Uh, if you want to do full-time, at that point, you could say, okay, let me go to my organization. I have credibility. There are people who can say, yeah, this individual has helped me through the coaching service. Uh, is there a room or is there a position that you can open it up so I can serve more than my team? Because my time dedicated to a single team uh, may be better utilized if I was able to serve multiple teams. A lot of folks try to cut a shortcut, right? And then uh, the moment they take it as a title change, uh, they now uh, take on a stance of superiority oftentimes and start going from one team to another. So you'll see this dynamic where the teams will be like, oh, the coach is here, so just pretend to do Agile and then when he goes away or she goes away, we can go back to doing whatever we are doing. Um, it, it doesn't do service to you because you don't get to upskill yourself. It doesn't do service to the individuals because they are pretending. It doesn't do service to your organization. At the root of it, I think it all starts from assuming that Agile Coach is a title. Like if you let go of that that expectation and focus on it as a skill, uh, you'll be much better off. Because who knows, I mean, five years down the road, you become a senior manager. And at that point, all of this experience that you've had as a uh, uh, offering coaching services is going to be tremendously helpful. But if you were faking it <laughs> for the last five years, and now you're a senior manager, uh, it's not going to turn out well for you or for others. Yes, absolutely. Wow, I, I really uh, loved the points. I mean, there were so many things that you uh, mentioned uh, uh, quickly over here. Uh, one is uh, breaking that myth that uh, it is it is not more of a you know uh, uh, differentiating it in terms of the title uh, it's not a title that is one thing uh, second uh, thing also is that uh, most of the people who are working as a scrum master believe that the next path for them or the next ladder to climb is an agile course thing but no i mean there are a lot of different things that they can look into ponder into if they wish to uh, an agile coach might be one of the things that they would like to explore but apart from that there are different things that they wish wish to do and again another thing another aspect uh, dimension that you brought into that uh, which i believe is my understanding maybe i would like to validate it from you is right uh, a, a senior manager or engineering manager working with a you know a team can still be a coach though though with a with a designation or a title he might not be called as an agile coach but 
if this person is still helping the team uh, establish the working agreements or get certain kind of psychological safety for them or in a certain way you know the things uh, an agile coach is supposed to be doing if this person is still doing that i i still believe yeah you know uh, from a job title or from a or from a role specific this person might not be an agile coach but he is still helping the team in certain coaching stances uh, i mean i'm do i mean uh, is my observation right enough Yes I I agree with you right and and where my agreement stems from is that leadership requires coaching skills absolutely right and and people managers uh, folks who are responsible for other people inside the organization are most often engaged in conversations that relate to that individual's career path that individual's aspiration uh, in their own skill growth and if that people manager and i'm using that term generically to say someone responsible for other people if that people manager is skilled at coaching then they will focus more on developing the in the, their people under their supervision their potential not try to imprint them into becoming just like themselves right which is a mark of a good leader when they can recognize and grow talent in others that others have as opposed to saying everybody should become just like me and 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 in that regard you're spot on engineering managers functional managers people managers senior managers we assume that because they are in a hierarchical position they have a lot of power and authority but they are people too and there are limits to how far they can flex it so if they have the ability right and and if they have the ability to uh or the skill to engage in coaching relationships engage in coaching conversations then they will be excellent managers uh, people will want to work with them because they find that they grow more and um have more satisfaction with their own work environment when they are working with senior managers or people managers who are also skilled at coaching not just at the day to day management aspect management absolutely true absolutely and another point that i wanted to check with you uh, where you mentioned about working agreements in a certain way so when starting up as a coach i mean what 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 are typical things or maybe i'm not looking for examples but when right. we talk about working engage, uh, agreements what are typically those kind of things that we need to have in place see when a team is uh, and, and uh, this is different for different groups of people right uh, if a group of people is coming together for the very first time and uh they are forming into a agile team uh they may choose an approach of let's say a scrum approach or they may choose uh a different approach or a flow based approach to organize at this point uh there's a there are needs inside the group where people want to know uh who does what uh how do we coordinate how do we cooperate so initially the set of working agreements uh can often be quite long uh they'll have things like daily stand up or uh, daily scrum happens at 10 a.m. Uh, our sprint time box is 2 weeks we have a product owner and the product owner is available on call for any team questions at any point in time these are all details that people have to write down just so that they know how to engage in this team and how others should engage with them now over time when the team has now worked through for a long enough time right uh, let's say 6 months 8 months Of course our daily stand up is at 10. Uh, of course our sprint planning uh, happens on Tuesdays. Of course we do two week sprints. So all of these things they they move from the explicit into the implicit for that team. Right? So the working agreement yeah. they now start changing. They either now 
become a better class of problems to solve, like things like always checking your code before you go. Uh, because that was something that the team learned over multiple iterations that, you know, if you don't check in the code at the end of the day, then we have integration issues. So let's write it down as an explicit ask. Now, fast forward even six more months. Now a team has been together for one year. Of course, we have daily stand-up at 10. Of course, we do two-week sprints. Of course, we check in our code. So their work agreement is going to be a lot more implicit than explicit, right? And what you will often see is these teams are now going to get very protective about who they who they accept inside the team. And if they accept somebody, they're going to ask them to uh, shadow them for a period of time before, before they say, because uh, it is not the same as saying, read this document and now you know how to work with it. It is, here are the behaviors that we all practice and you will learn those behaviors if you practice it with us, right? So so that's how I have seen the progression of working agreements uh, inside a team. The role of a coach is to recognize when to explicitly call it out and when to recognize that this is now part of the a team. Part of the team. Right, a being, and uh, shall we now move the conversation to a, to up to an interesting space? Right. Yes, absolutely. I uh, really uh, align to it. I mean, uh, definitely being implicit at times when it is really required. When we see things are not uh, as per, or we are compromising on some of our core values, so it becomes more uh, uh, evident that yeah, we we bring everyone across. You know trying to be sure yeah this is you know how we we are going to operate as a uh, team and if at times it, if it requires that it becomes an integral part of the team maybe you know we we maybe we take a step back and let them uh, do their work you know maybe just helping them whenever it is really required so uh, uh, to an extension to uh, to to the similar topic uh, what I wanted to check with you or you know rather wanted to move is like how as a agile coach where you know we require to set a uh, uh, bring in a balance between coaching and guiding individuals or teams through the problem solving process i mean uh, your thoughts about this see uh, again like when we talk about an agile coach we are not only talking about just professional coaching skills right we are talking about teaching skills mentoring skills facilitation skills problem solving skills like there's a whole host of other things. So first and foremost, you have to uh, be explicit when you enter into a coaching stance or a professional coaching stance and when you exit out of the professional coaching stance. Initially, as you're working with a team, you might be spending a lot more time teaching them uh, as they understand what is what is agile, what, are, what, are, what, is, what is this. You have to learn how to leave enough space for them to have a conversation or practice going through a series of cycles. Uh, sometimes I would ask my teams that I'm coaching is to say, okay, let's do two day sprints as we get started because this will get us to the essence of some of the elements of a particular framework that we choose. Now that we've gone through the basic behaviors for two weeks and it is not fun. I mean, people get stressed out, but it is part of the journey. Now that we know what we need to do for two days, let's do one week sprints. And now after we've gone through a few one-week sprints, you get to choose how long you want your sprints to be. Part of it is this awareness, right? Because uh, the faster the feedback loop, the faster the learning. So if my if, if I'm uh, uh, an agile team coach, I need to have a lot of uh, approaches in my backpack 
to know how to get a team started from 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 wherever they are at maybe they are a brand new team or whether they are an experienced team a rule of thumb is whenever you are in doubt ask the team so don't assume that, that uh, no, uh, uh, don't assume that you know what that that, that you know what the other uh, individuals in the team uh, don't know uh if you feel that there is not any action happening the facilitation stance that someone can take is to say let me be a neutral participant uh, i hear these three questions that need to be resolved and i'm going to be neutral here while you all discuss and support your decision making through a facilitation technique or or process uh, recognize if your presence is uh, adding a lot more uh, concern in the group uh it's okay to check out and say you know i i feel like i may have pushed this team too far so what i want to do is ask you to consider these three or four questions while i am out of the room for an hour or so come back to me with your agreement as a team uh whether it's through consensus or you nominate a person because everyone else is afraid to really talk to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever your approach is like uh, uh let's let's have a, a conversation yeah there's a lot of observing as a coach then there is doing um and and like you said earlier Vivek right uh, uh yes earlier yeah there's a lot more doing by the coach but then later there's a lot more observing and uh being able to time your intervention is a skill that you only gain from experience because i see often inexperienced coaches uh, will feel like Oh I have to be doing something because I am the coach and they don't give the other group any time and they don't learn how to time their own you know uh, actions so it all it, it, it's not music then it's just a company that is happening in the <laughs> 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 yes. amazing again uh so uh, extending to the thoughts uh, that you were sharing you know uh, about uh and i would like to put it uh, straight in your opinion you know what unique uh, skills and knowledge does an agile coach need compared to other coaching specialization uh, when we right. talk about coaching uh, there are different dimensions and different and, and there a complete set of uh, or maybe a different umbrella altogether and then agile coaching uh, comes into so how right. do you differentiate with both i think you have to have practice and experience uh, on in an agile team environment uh, for a good amount of time you also want to have an experience where you have faced a lot of challenges you have also experienced some successes uh, it is uh it is rare to find an individual who's always been successful no matter where they go i mean most likely that is not true so as you transition into becoming a full-time agile coach uh, hopefully you are accumulating your stories and experiences so you can share these with others whether you are now being a teacher or you're being a mentor or you're being a coach as a coach your own stories your own experiences is going to develop your own sensitivity to other people's situations to put it differently you will be more empathetic to somebody else who has experience a similar situation that you also had you would also know what as as humans what our tendencies are going to be what our fears and and motivations are going to be to be able to see or guide the other person in exploring whether that is also true for them so all of these 
experiences, you know, in in the field of applying iterative and incremental product development approaches, which is a long way of saying agile way of working, right, in a trusted collaborative environment. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, all of these are going to make you a, a, a better professional uh, and that will also help you to bring your coaching skills to to work in that situation yeah absolutely absolutely true so in a way in a way like uh, we it's, it it can be said that you know uh, co- agile coaching is specifically not into uh, more of a you know a, a professional coaching in terms of therapy kind of a, a sessions i mean right. it, it can be more a, for a life coach or a kind of uh, that coach aspect where uh, individuals reach out to them to help them at a very personal level at a very integral which is very core to them but at a agile coach level it's more of uh, more of a collaborative environment working in a collaborative environment expecting that per- individual to perform well and i think that is where the scope or a uh, a way of influencing as a coach uh, for that individual would be exactly i mean that's the boundary right the boundary is defined by agile values and agile principles uh, also by the frameworks that you engage in and uh, in that conversation when you are engaging as a coach uh, you are primarily helping the person to figure out how they're going to be more cross functional that's a personal growth that's journey it. let's just say there is a tester and they say you know i'm really interested in learning how to write scripts so i can write automated tests but i'm struggling to make progress in my situation in my context i'd like to engage in a coaching conversation so that's a service you can provide now if the same person comes in and says you know i'd like to uh, gain more muscle mass or or, or lose some weight uh, you should know enough to say you know this is a great goal to have and as a coach i am not suited to help you here right uh the danger occurs when agile coaches feel that they have to help in quotes and they try to help and they do a lot more damage because they don't they're not trained practitioners to offer therapy and that's a space that you should you should stay out of absolutely uh so again there is there is a thought that has come across to me is like how how can we determine if you know uh, if we as an individual are uh, are a good fit uh, for a for a coach and a coachy kind of a uh, relationship you know how do we uh, navigate situations where the fit may not be ideal i mean when when things become more challenging how do we uh, go through that right as a coach one of the things that you should look for uh, whether you are working with a team or you are working with an individual is and this is under the assumption that you are you are following some arc of your coaching right uh, let's just say you engage in a conversation or you engage in an activity the individual said i'm going to take this next step or the team said we're going to take this next step and you agree to meet again uh, you meet again and they say yeah, i didn't do that the team says we did not do that you might go into a conversation saying okay do you want to talk more about why you were not able to take action on what what you did and you go through that they agree on another action item again they don't do it after two or three times uh, you should recognize that this is a game that is being played where <laughs> right where the coachee is saying they want to receive coaching when the team is saying we want to receive coaching but they don't want to take ownership or take any action 
So from a coaching standpoint, as a coach, you should say, you know, this is not the right relationship for us to engage in. If you are working in an organization where someone or some authority has asked you to offer coaching to that individual or to that team, then it is uh, ethical for you to go back to that individual, to that organization and say, look, uh, you, I've been engaged to offer coaching to this team or to this team uh, individual. Here's what has happened and we haven't seen much progress here. So I don't think coaching is the right relationship. And it's perfectly okay to be transparent with the individual and the team to say, this is how our conversation can exit. Like this is how we can close. Hopefully you're having that conversation when you're writing a coaching agreement to say, if no action is taken, uh, then we should not continue on the coaching path. From a coachee standpoint or from the team standpoint, uh, you would know if the relationship is, is not working uh, if you're not discovering something new about yourself or how you work, right? Wow. And so uh, if, if you find that it's the same things that are being repeated for yourself in your own mental thought patterns, then you might want to reach out to your coach and say, you know, let's find a different Let's find a different coach or help me find a different coach so I can kind of grow or, or, or increase my own competency in where I want to grow at. There's, of course, a lot of other obvious reasons why a coach and coaching relationship should be terminated, which, which I won't go over, right? I mean, there can be a lot of dysfunctional aspects to it, uh, but you would know, you'd feel it in your gut and you'd say, okay, this is not something I want to be part of. Oh, amazing, amazing. So it's like, uh, definitely the first red flag should be is if, if there is lack of accountability uh, and that, that definitely uh, puts everything uh, uh, at a challenge or at a, uh, at a toss over here if there is la- definitely a lack of accountability uh, over there. Yep, yep. On, on, on both, right? On, on both parties because it's a peer-to-peer relationship and, and yeah, if there is a lack of ownership and accountability, then it's not worth stretching that coaching relationship it's better to be friends and remain as friends not to be coach and coaching <laughs> absolutely absolutely true uh, and uh, in the previous conversation uh, there was one more point that i wanted to check with you is definitely is uh, where you mentioned that you know uh, uh, having an entry and exit uh, part right i mean how do we ensure that your coaching conversations start and end in a smoother way? I mean, uh, looking back at the uh, expectation where you said said that, you know, it's better to be friends rather than coach. So how do you see that, you know, your conversations or your engagements are smooth, you know, creating a positive impact on your coaches? Right. Uh, are there any techniques that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, first acknowledge that you are a human being first, right? Uh, I like to talk about soccer. I like to talk about football. I also like to talk about the weather. So when I am uh, meeting a person and, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to jump straight into coaching because it is a very abrupt, like, transition. At Chit Chat, figure out what's going on, gauge what the mood is, what the sense is, right? And it doesn't have to be like half an hour. You can do that in two to three minutes in small friendly conversations and once you feel both of you have relaxed you could say okay are you ready to enter into a coaching conversation that's an explicit ask and the other person says yep i'm now ready to enter into a coaching conversation now you're in coach mode where you and hopefully your coachee is also aware of what type of a arc of the conversation is going to be 
I prefer to use the grow model. So I would say, okay, now that I'm in coach mode, let's talk about what's your goal from this coaching conversation. This is something that the other person is prepared to, to receive. Now they might say, you know, I don't know. And, but I am now following the arc of the coaching conversation and they know that I'm in the coaching stance. Once that arc kind of closes out, I'm, I'll say, okay, uh, let's, let's close this coaching conversation. Uh, do you feel you have something you can do? Da, 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 da. And now I'm going to slowly transition out and maybe ask them what their plans for the weekend is and, and close that call, right? So it doesn't have to be like, okay, I'm the coach now. <laughs> let me, let me fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also say that uh, give yourself a little more credit. Uh, you, you don't have to uh, take a subservient like stance by saying I'm not a good fit for the team because I'm not competent. You could, you could express it in ways to say that, you know, this is not a good fit and here are objective facts or observations uh, that give me that type of an impression. Now, I could be wrong and maybe the manager and the team need to have a conversation to find out if there is something that I definitely need to grow at, which also kind of talks about how you are going to receive feedback from the people that you are coaching um, and what does that medium and platform or forum look like is, is something that, that you would want to uh, you know, talk about in, in that relationship. Absolutely true. Yes. Uh, and again, when when we're talking about coach and a coachee, and uh, in terms of that, uh, in a, when it's a situational based uh, thing, when uh, the coach's uh, personal biases uh, could unintentionally impact the coaching process and uh, and the coaching ex- uh, coach's experience. How do you see right. that situation, you know, making a direct impact uh, on the engagement? Right. I mean, there's definitely a, a lot of practice and skill needed to quiet your inner voice. Yeah. Um, and that only comes by by practicing it a lot. I, at least that's how I know. Yeah. <laughs> The other aspect is, uh, or a rule, don't ask a question that is not a question for you as a coach. In other words, don't ask a question that you know what the answer is and you're not just teasing it out of the other person. Yes. Right? That is not a question. Uh, that is not a legitimate question. It should be a question that you are, you are as curious about as the other person is. Because when you do that, your, your mind is open to receiving whatever information the other person is, is sharing. If you ask a closed question, if you ask a question that you, you feel like, oh, the, uh, the answer Vivek should give me is this. And then if he doesn't give me that answer, now I'm comparing it in my mental notes and saying, okay, I'm going to guide you this way. So that leads yeah. into a whole, whole host of other type of situations, right? That Socratic question, approach uh, uh, works better at teaching not so much at coaching uh, I feel uh, yeah mm-hmm. oh, okay so again in a way is it is it a bad practice to have some kind of a precap that we say that I play I role play it mentally before having that engagement with my uh, coaches and then based on that I, I try to you know uh, help uh, the coach make certain decisions I would say uh, role play in the sense that practice with someone uh, some, some like a peer coach yeah you say okay uh, I am engaged in a coaching relationship with this team or with multiple I also need to get better at my coaching uh, can you imagine a situation that I'm going to face now let me practice coaching conversation with you 
and uh, you practice that. The benefit of that is because your peer coach is also a practitioner in that field, they will, and you've given them permission, they'll say, you know, when you asked me these things or when we did this, when we were here and there, it felt like you were uh, you were imprinting your biases or your impressions on me. So uh, you're now receiving feedback in the moment to then be mindful of your own uh, processes and how you approach coaching. It, it is it's better to go through a few practice rounds before you go into uh, oh. into the field, right? So yeah. uh, finding a pair or, or a partner, uh, oftentimes uh, now I. I definitely come from the school of thought that coaching is a skill, not a title, and, and all leaders need to have it. Uh, I lead uh, leadership courses, and in one of my modules, uh, we have a conversation around coaching. And the way I set it up is uh, set it up as triads, uh, where you have a coach, a coachee, and an observer. Uh, the observer uh, is not allowed to do anything but observe. And at the end of that that session, uh, the observer shares their observations, which are judgment-free, right? They'll they'll share observations like, oh, when the coach asked this, the coachee leaned in. Like, that's a fact. When uh, something happened, both of them relaxed. Those are observations that the coach and coachee uh, can benefit from because that reveals a little bit about their own internal mental processes, which don't actually show up uh, on the outside, but it helps them understand their their own selves as they engage as a coach or a coachee because both degrees of awareness is, is necessary you know wow so is it is it a peer to peer coaching technique that you uh, just referred to i mean where we have someone observing our engagements uh, with with a coachee yes i would i would recommend that uh, one of the ways if you are doing it over online is to have the observer turn off their camera and their audio. Uh, if uh, you are doing it in person, uh, the observer needs to learn how to minimize themselves. Uh, by minimize themselves means like find a corner in the room where they can observe very clearly, but their presence is not detectable. If they are sitting in a chair, they are kind of making themselves physically small. And no matter what happens, unless it's a true emergency where you have to call 911, you don't, you don't, you're not even, you're like a fly on the wall and that's all you are. And the only time you will share your observations is after the event or when there is a specific uh, space for, um, for you, for you to share your observations. But otherwise you let things happen. Wow. That's, that's really an awesome technique to have, you know, to ensure that you grow as an individual, as a, as a coach, having someone observing you. Uh, in a way not impacting the engagement uh, just being around and uh, around enough to understand what the uh, conversations are or what the type of engagements are and maybe sharing the observation in the right way so uh, that's that's again an amazing point and I know that uh, we are at top I mean just uh, at the right time but before uh, we let you go uh, wanted to just uh, put a last thought uh, or uh, wanted to sh- get your last thought over here is, uh, based on your experience, you know, what are some common uh, challenges individual space when transitioning to an agile coach? Uh, I won't call it role now, uh, agile coach title and how can they overcome them? Um, 
what what has worked for you in your practice may not be the same thing that will work for another team so you're primarily as a when you're transitioning let's say uh, into being a full-time coach in your organization because your organization is going through this growth period in in learning how to apply agile in different ways and they need a focused dedicated person right i mean that that's an instance where you could see this happening is uh to recognize that what you enjoyed about agile was team autonomy what you enjoyed about building products was solving problems for your customers so irrespective of how you engage uh, don't take that joy away from others who are yet to discover it right so let them go through their own own process let them go through their own journey and uh, be there to catch them if they make a huge mistake yeah yeah uh, so definitely be the uh, be the supporting rails uh, but as far as possible uh, give them time and space to learn from their own experiences and, and mistakes and be there to offer that support if they want to process it through a coaching conversation because oftentimes early on you most likely be offering facilitation services or teaching services or, or other kinds of services until you engage as a coach uh, there is a there's a big pathway before you get there and mm-hmm. through that whole journey like don't 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 try to shortcut their process don't assume that because you are their coach uh, they will learn it in two weeks what took you two years uh, it is going to take them whatever time it's going to take them wow really so again uh, uh, thank you devil for you know sharing your thoughts and uh, coming over and giving your time and uh this episode or this uh is going to be one of the episode where we have actually tried to understand at a very grassroots level of how a coaching engagement should happen uh we we have uh, have different uh, uh you know interactions uh, based on coachings but then this one is again a, a kind of a different uh, uh episode all together where uh, we have got into the day to day thing of what a coaching engagement should be and how a coach and a coachy uh, relation should be what are more of the you know certain red, red flags that one needs to keep a look at and thank you again you know for sharing all your thoughts uh, all your ideas over here and i'm sure you know uh, we lot of listeners are going to get a uh, lot of uh, uh, learning from here on this episode so thank you again for uh, sharing your thoughts over here thank you for having me Thank you so much listeners for listening to us patiently we will meet you again with new episode till then if you like this podcast please do like share and subscribe to our podcast show the podcast by agile coaching round table acrt with ramya shastri and vivek kuntoji